0: Biz Women Rock, episode 144. Ladies, welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and I am bringing you tremendous stories from business women all over the world in all sorts of different industries so they can talk about their business journey so yours can be inspired by it. Before we get rolling, here's a little word from our awesome sponsor. Are you tired of hearing how powerful LinkedIn is but have no idea and maybe not even that much desire to learn how to make it work for you? then you have got to get LinkedIn Focus. LinkedIn Focus is a powerful program that will give you the exact strategies needed to produce results for your business. Just go to linkedinfocus.com forward slash BWR. My guest today is Jessica Drummond of the Integrative Pelvic Health Institute. She has a passion for helping women understand and be able to heal pelvic and female-related health issues through integrative nutrition and health. She has created a really passion-driven company that is, at its core, uh, a mixture of a coaching business model and an internet marketing product-based business model, which I found very, very fascinating. And by the end of this interview, it's going to be incredibly obvious how anyone can take any passion that they have And make it something real that not only changes people's lives one-on-one, but actually can have a massive global impact um, that I just, I thought it was so great. And it's so subtle in this conversation, I have to tell you, but it's obvious. So let's get on into it. What's going on, Jessica? Thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be
0: here. I'm very happy that you're here. Um, Let's dive right in. You have the Integrative Pelvic Health Institute, and um, you've got a lot of stuff going on in the space of being somebody who knows and helps people understand better women's health issues. So what I want to start with that will really help us understand your business model and your business growth is um, how did you even get interested in this topic at, at all?
1: Yeah, well... I've been a women's health physical therapist, which is a specialty area of physical therapy that a lot of people aren't aware of, but essentially what we do is help women with pelvic pain, things like endometriosis and ovarian cysts and bladder pain and women who are pregnant or postpartum or going through menopause or even earlier than that and have problems with incontinence. So. It's it's pelvic women who are uh, physical therapists who specialize in this area have a lot of knowledge mostly about the pelvis and the pelvic floor muscles, um, and you know the the kind of muscle muscles and nerves and ligaments in the pelvic area. But also we deal with women post breast cancer and uh, you know all kinds of issues and Ill- injuries that have to do with pregnancy and postpartum. So uh, osteoporosis, you know, so it's it's fairly broad, but it's also Quite specialized, so I did that for about twelve years um, in, you know, traditional hospital centers, specialty hospitals, teaching hospitals, and then after the birth of my first daughter, she was born in two thousand three. Slowly, I started having all these symptoms, like really significant fatigue. I got, I caught every cold and flu, you know, after working in hospitals for a decade where I had none of that, you know, I'd get it occasionally, but I wasn't sick all the time. And then I struggled with infertility for about three years after, you know, fairly easily getting pregnant with my first daughter and I started having panic attacks. And it was just this global group of vague symptoms that at the time I didn't understand at all. And I was seeking out all these doctors and, you know, I was working in, in really high quality healthcare. Centers, And, you know, at this point I knew a lot, but I, no one really gave me any good answers and I couldn't really figure it out. I, I basically, you know, the physicians mostly said, well, we don't really know what's wrong with you. You probably should just be on an antidepressant. And so finally I discovered a functional medicine doctor who I knew because we had referred patients back and forth and she helped me with uh, another kind of min- more minor issue years before that. Uh, in Houston fatigue, which is not a, an always accepted diagnosis in mainstream medicine, but it fit everything that I was experiencing perfectly. And so we started to approach healing that. Now, adrenal fatigue is not something you can just take a pill for or have a surgery for. It's essentially a foundational imbalance in your entire hormone system and your stress resilience system. And There are some good reasons for that. You know, i had had a baby. She wasn't a great sleeper. I was working, um, you know, and and even in my industry, there's not a ton of uh, maternity leave. So, you know, I went back and then I was a stay-at-home mom for a while. And I just, you know, we moved, gosh, probably five or six times in that time frame uh, following my husband's job. And so there was a lot of stress that I was sort of not even aware of because I was just... You know, it was just felt like that's, this is life. And so the treatment for me was really to dramatically change my nutrition, but also to really change my relationship with, with stress. And um, also, you know, just sort of these tools for kind of mind-body medicine, self-calming and meditation and changing my relationship to exercise. And when I started to apply those things to my own health, I realized that a lot of the women in my patient practice, especially those with pelvic pain, could really benefit from a lot of this as well because I had things like ovarian cysts that completely went away and my wow. you know my in, I completely reversed the issues I was having with infertility. And so I started to play with this in the clinic, but I didn't have enough training. I was just sort of like giving my experience and people would try it. And then what happened was, I had actually moved. I had left the clinic I was at where I was working with this patient. She called me a year later and said, "Okay, I know I totally ignored you for a year. All this stuff you told me about what I should be eating and not eating," she said. But then my symptoms got really bad, and I was I had so much pelvic pain right before my period every month. Finally, I was just like, "Just give me the hysterectomy," which actually oh, wow. for you know for pain truly only works about 50% of the time anyway. But she was just desperate. Like, let me just try it. Take everything out. Let's see what happens. And she said, but right before I did that, I decided to try what you had told me to do. And as it turned out for her, she had a dairy sensitivity. And the only time she would really eat cheese was when she was like having PMS cravings for Mexican food.
0: (laughs) 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 Don't we all have those? (laughs) Right.
1: And so... That was triggering her such severe pelvic pain that she, you know, really needed significant treatment every month and couldn't get it under control and was about to have a surgery. And when she stopped eating that, all of her symptoms resolved.
0: Wow. That is so crazy. And, you know, I, I have to say that, you know, the more I've had a handful of different, um, like, integrative health women on here, and I'm always fascinated at how simple it is and yet how complex we make it sometimes and just but also how deep it can really go into completely reversing um issues that you're having or you know just making sure that you're really in line whatever with whatever your body is experiencing i mean it just takes a lot of awareness and i think we as women sometimes are so busy that we don't we're not always paying attention to all that stuff so so I love what you did and just really focusing in on it I mean really your entire life really focused in on okay what is this and how do I create something out of this so you ended up going and getting um, uh, uh, certifications I mean you went back to school basically for this right to make sure that you really had all that formal training
1: yeah so i took two health coaching certifications and i also um became certified as a clinical nutritionist um and in fact just this week i started a doctoral program in clinical nutrition so Really, what I intend to bring to it, um, because it is an area that's definitely an emerging science, is I think there's so much we can learn from the coaching world that healthcare is really missing. The, many of you know what I like to call the soft skills, like the idea that you're you're you should be creating a real healing container, particularly around women with these. Issues that are so personal. I mean, I've had multiple, multiple clients or or patients over the years who, you know, were on the edge of suicide because pelvic pain can be very, very intense. Plus, it ruins, you know, intimate relationships, and there are all these aspects of, you know, women can't work if they have this this kind of pain or it's unpredictable, and so there's so much from the coaching world that I think we could bring to the healthcare world to make it much more healing. I think the other thing that inspires me is that I felt like, you know, as a clinician, many clinicians in the traditional healthcare system right now aren't really supported to take care of their own health. And so I feel like that's a mission of ours. And then finally, it's not just about that. It is also about the science of getting to some of the com- more complicated things. You know, we've got into relationships between the endocrine system and the uh, brain and the digestive system. That I do think it's important to have as strong a nutrition training as possible.
0: So, uh, what I'm very interested in is talking about how you transitioned from being a woman with a personal reason to be fired up about something to somebody who went and learned and became a student of all this to now being a business owner because all, that that's a definitely different shift. So what kind of stuff did you do in the very beginning to kind of like make the shift into, okay, now I am giving this information and I am going to create a business out of it and and I'm going to have patience and that's going to be part of a business model. Like, what, Can you talk a little bit about that moment and that time period and, and what transition you really had to make and what happened during that
1: time? Yeah, so to be completely honest, at first it it was accidental. (laughs) (laughs) I I really had no intention at first of becoming a business owner. But to apply this stuff, it's, it's a little challenging to do it within the traditional health system because you need a lot more time. You know, there are things that aren't so billable you know that kind of thing and so the way it started really was when as i was learning in a lot of my educational programs there was requirements for you know completing case studies and things like this working with patients and so just you know colleagues and friends and family and you know family of friends and so forth i literally you know just started treating patients for very little money but just to get the experience see if you know convince myself that this was a, an appropriate tool that we should be using and just showing up in people's kitchens or you know working with people by phone and it, and it started to be effective uh you know i saw i had evidence that it was effective uh this this kind of patient care really and so then i guess When once I decided to make a business, make it a business, which was in roughly middle of 2010, you know, I had left. We had moved again, and um, I had left the clinical practice I was in because we moved, you know, across the country. And I, I made a decision not to go back to work in the, you know, hospital kind of system or in a in a patient, you know, in a clinic, and to start treating patients in this way in kind of an online virtual platform. And it wasn't really in groups. I mean, I still worked with patients one-on-one, but I built kind of the structure of an online business. I built the website, you know, I, I incorporated or, you know, got an LLC and started to learn about the foundational financial tools of business, the foundations of marketing, because I didn't know anything about that. It's not something you learn at all in healthcare training. Right, right. So really, at that point, I wanted to treat patients in the way that I wanted to treat them, and I wanted the flexibility to be around for my kids. I have two young girls, and I felt like if I could develop a practice where I could work with people on a schedule that I could design, that would be beneficial. So that was like my first decision to start a, to start a business.
0: Are there any specific like healthcare, HIPAA, or legal issues that you have to um, really take heed to because you are having your own practice and, you know, kind of doing things outside of this traditional healthcare system? Like, what kind of of stuff do you need to be very aware of that somebody who's in food distribution wouldn't really have to worry about?
1: Well, you know, I practice as a coach, which is you know, when I'm working with clients directly. Right. And that is, you know, I got some, I I was certified by several different organizations and essentially I have a very clear... uh, program agreement with each of my clients that states that I'm not practicing physical therapy because I'm also still a licensed physical therapy the physical therapist, and I simply focus on coaching um, when I work with clients. And, but I do hold myself again. Coaching is an unregulated, you know, part of of things. There's not like a licensed practice act for coaching. And in fact, in most states there is a wide variety in terms of what uh, nutritionists can do as well, but usually dietitians can be licensed, but in many states, nutritionists can be licensed, some states they can't be licensed, some states they can practice, some states they can't. So there's a lot of variability from state to state, and so In many cases, the laws have not caught up with how practice is evolving. So, you know, I I I am very aware of things. I keep good insurance. I hold myself to HIPAA requirements. I take very, I take good care to kind of maintain uh, patient confidentiality and patient information in a way that I would in any other clinic. Um, But. Because I am not running a medical practice, I don't bill insurance, nothing like that. Um, there are some things that I don't have to do that if I were, like, if I had opened a physical therapy, physical therapy practice, that I would have to do, you know, register right. the practice with the state and t- talk about insurance billing issues and things like that.
0: Would you spend $20 to bring $40 back into your business? How about spending $1,000 to get $3,000 back into your business? Let's be honest, the most savvy entrepreneurs know that marketing has to be part of their business plan. The key is to execute marketing strategies that actually work. And that's where Postcard Mania comes in. Postcard Mania is a full-service marketing company that uses statistics from their over 60,000 clients to create targeted marketing campaigns that actually produce results for you. I sat down with the founder and CEO of Postcard Mania, Joy Gendusa who just happened to be the guest on my very first show and asked her why she does it.
1: What, what impact do you want to have on this world? I want to set a good example, you know? I, want, I definitely just feel like I want to set a good example. I want people to realize they can do it. I'm no rocket scientist. I'm, I'm smart, I'm definitely smart, but I'm a high school dropout. I mean, basically I'm self-educated. So I just want, I just want to set a good example and, and live a good life and inspire people.
0: Joy totally rocks and so does Postcard Mania. Get started today with a thousand free postcards. Go to postcardmania.com forward slash bizwomenrock. Now what about um, I want to talk about some of the most effective strategies that you have used to actually obtain clients? Um, because when you're when you're in this space, I know I know you, you know, are dealing with people as a coach, but they're that's a very, very different thing than somebody who's going into the medical, the traditional medical system. So how did you get their attention? Like, how did you actually build your clientele?
1: Well, building my client practice simply came from learning marketing, you know, um, and a lot of networking events. And, um, the biggest thing that was most effective was starting to do YouTube videos, um, giving just bits of information, explaining that nutrition and coaching are key pieces to resolving different pelvic pain conditions and, you know, optimizing health uh, throughout a woman's lifespan and just doing videos about it. So people started to become aware of this, some of these tools being helpful for the kinds of optimal health that they were seeking. Um, and really, it just grew from, you know, Getting the word out, you know, writing a lot of guest blogs, being interviewed, um, sharing with my colleagues that I was doing this. I get a lot of referrals from, uh, you know, colleagues in physical therapy and medicine. So, and I like to collaborate because sometimes, you know, it is in actually in most cases, resolving these complex health conditions is not just, you know, the coaching piece. It's also medicine. It's also surgery. It's also hands-on physical therapy, and so. I I use a lot of different paths to growing the practice. But now, um, you know, the practice is known enough that it's really full. I mean, my hardest thing is, you know, I only can take so many patients and I wish I could help more, you know, (laughs) so many clients. But and I've also evolved the business in the last year to be primarily focused on training um, other healthcare professionals because I really feel like these two pieces that – many traditional healthcare professionals aren't using should be used by so many other professions, the professionals in order to actually reach the numbers of patients that really need us. And, you know, I can only see so many patients myself, clients myself.
0: Well, I'm very interested in knowing how you've packaged your information and your knowledge because, you know, you keep referring to like, oh, they need to know these pieces here, these pieces here what I'm what I'm imagining is that, you know, rather than just saying, Oh yeah, you need to eat, you know, more green. <laughs> I mean you yeah. it sounds like you have through trial and error of your own experience and all of the experiences that you've had with your patients and trying stuff out, it sounds like you've created like a specific format or Um, you know, uh, packaging. Let's say, for lack of a better term, that actually really works for certain things. So, have you created that? Are you in the process of creating that? And then, how how are you planning on deploying that, or how do you deploy that?
1: Yeah. So, starting last spring, we launched the first time we enrolled students from a lot of multiple different disciplines. And in fact, I did it first live. So, basically, I wouldn't say that there's a one size fits all protocol. But what I've done is created education training courses for professionals that are evidence-based. They're all grounded in published literature and um, also, you know, my experience and patient case studies because evidence-based medicine essentially means that you combine the literature with your uh, clinical experience and with individual patients kind of bringing their story to the table. So, uh, they're, they're education courses, and the first one I ever taught, uh, my old boss at the woman's hospital here in Texas invited me. She was like, I know for the last you know five years, you've been learning all this stuff. She's like, come and teach it to us. So we had about, I think, 20, 25 people come over the weekend to an auditorium, and I just you know created, a, I think it was about three days' worth of content, and... You know, went through the research, and we focused specifically on pelvic health and sexual pain, pelvic and sexual pain. And um, it was great because doing it live really helped me get great feedback from my colleagues about things that were clear, things that weren't clear, things that they already understood, things that they didn't understand. And we had. We had uh, students from several different disciplines, students that had been practicing in pelvic and sexual medicine for 30 years. And so I knew that this was a piece that people needed to learn. And, and it was also great to teach a multidisciplinary class because I could see that there were way. It, it's important to start to bring the disciplines together to connect the dots and help people refer to each other because any one practitioner maybe can't, fix that, you know, can't help uh, the whole of, of a patient. But certainly working together, there's a lot we can do. So we tested it live, and then I built a whole coach certification, basically, that's very specific to women's health. It's on pelvic and sexual health. It's on advanced coaching skills. It's on female athlete, you know, recovery from injury, prevention of injury. It's on menopause and bone health. It's on fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum. It's on female cancers. It's on abdominal and pelvic surgeries, which was uh, actually written by one of uh, the, the women who works for me, who's had 12 surgeries herself. So she had plenty of that personal experience. Holy cow! (laughs) Yeah. So, um, we, you know, basically I, I created it into a package of seven fairly extensive and deep training courses for people that already are either licensed or certified health or wellness professionals that want to specialize in women's health. And then it's, it's called the women's health and nutrition coach certification program. And it, it takes about, we've we've run it twice online, the whole thing, and next year when we launch it, we're going to expand it a little bit, or this year in April, uh, so it'll be about 18 months long.
0: So what are your plans for actually making sure that that's a really successful launch? You've got great this great product, you've got all these great programs, how are you making sure that you are talking to the right people, that the right people are getting attracted to you, and that... That this you know big launch that you're going to have is going to be is going to see the kind of success that you want it to see.
1: Well, the first thing is we've already launched it twice, so we learned a lot from that. Uh, and the second time, last at the end of last year, was very extensive. Uh, we did a full you know video launch. We had um, a Facebook ad campaign directed to the launch, which was great. That had about a sixteen times ROI. Um, so. Facebook ads uh, that are very targeted, uh, creating a whole launch sequence. And, you know, so we've done it before successfully. And also, you know, just as we grow our list, basically our community, um, we know that we're starting to reach more people because even the last time we did it, we now have students in 10 countries. Um, And I think the other thing, in terms of, you know, making sure it's successful as last year, I did a lot of traveling. I taught the program, parts of the program live in England, Ireland, Houston, uh, New Jersey, and California. And again, getting that live feedback was really valuable um, from our students. So we know what they need. That's awesome.
0: What I love That you're saying is that, you know, you're really taking what you're so passionate about and had been for a long time, basically, you know, like being able to sort of um, only get only do as much as you could see patients. Um, And now this is a way that you can do it. I like actually that you've re- like you've kind of skipped a tier. Like you could have gone to the end user, you could have, could have gone to the patient through kind of a program and an internet marketing round, but you actually went to the providers, the healthcare providers, so that they it can trickle down to all the patients that they touch. I, I just think that that's really hitting the um the foundation and the roots of being able to truly make a difference and a dent in uh you know being able to relieve some of these major problems. I think that's fantastic.
1: Thank you. And, you know, the reason I did that, because as, as I thought about creating more of a group program for patients, is I don't actually think that that's always going to work as well as this for the more complex um, patient that we see. Because sometimes, you know, there are certainly principles that people need for living generally healthy. And that includes everything, you know, periods and weight and, you know, injury prevention and injury recovery and surgical recovery. But when if you can give the knowledge to the practitioner, they can then also take everything else that they know and integrate it to really solve each individual woman's problem or not even solve it. I actually don't even believe that as healthcare professionals, we fix people. I believe actually that we give them information and support them to heal and inspire them to heal. But that idea that we are someone who can just fix you isn't quite true or even helpful.
0: Hmm. I wanna go ahead and transition into the favorite five. Are you ready for that? Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I've been warning you. Um, Okay. How about let's start with question number one, which I always love asking, which is what is your favorite business book?
1: Gosh, um, I've read so many books. You know, what is my favorite business book?
0: Just the first one that comes to mind.
1: You know, this is kind of interesting. I just read Tony Robbins' Money Book.
0: Yeah, me too. Which,
1: um, you know, that is a really good book. It's not specific to starting a small business or marketing or anything like that. But I think the perspective that he takes and how broadly he looked at the subject is really both inspiring for sort of how to do something really well, which I think sometimes gets lost in the world of Internet marketing, like you really want to create a good product, but also just, okay, start to think about, you know, the finances. A lot of the women that, I, that are my students, a lot of my students are women, and they're healthcare professionals, and they don't often think of the importance of the financial piece, and I think it really is important. Yeah, yeah,
0: I concur with that. It was a fantastic book. I just got done reading it. It's amazing. Um, okay. Question two, what is one of your favorite ways to spoil yourself?
1: Oh, that's easy. I think any, (laughs) get a massage anytime I can lay on the table for an hour and not do anything is awesome. (laughs) Nice. Very, very
0: nice. Um, okay. How about your favorite mommy tool?
1: Um, really for, for me, my favorite thing with my kids is, is the bathtub, because if they're in the bathtub, they're contained and you can sit with them for a little period of time without having to clean anything up.
0: That's funny. <laughs> it all washes down the drain.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. Question number four is you are in Houston, Texas. What is one of your favorite spots in Texas that you've really loved?
1: Well, you know, there's some really great restaurants here in Houston. I think that's my favorite thing about Houston. Uh, Some of my favorites, I love the the Down House is a great restaurant in the Heights in Houston if you're ever here. All right.
0: What kind of food is it?
1: It's like, uh, it's American, but it's sort of farm to table and that sort of thing. It has a really, it's really cute too. Very nice.
0: Okay, last question is, um, what is one of your favorite ways to be goofy with your kids?
1: Um, I think just turning on music because my kids are 11 and four. So the little one will dance to anything in the way that, you know, she doesn't care. (laughs) (laughs) And the older one is now getting to the point where she thinks everything that I does is embarrassing. So,
0: (laughs) and that's fun to do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I have fun with that. I love it.
0: (laughs) Well, very cool. Jessica, I really want to thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today. It's been awesome.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here.
0: Hands down, the biggest takeaway for me in that conversation was the fact that Jessica, through her uh, packaging of her programs, decided to go directly to the actual healthcare provider so that she could actually have a bigger difference and be able to influence even more and more people if she got it into the people who are really educating and and, and dealing with the patients one-on-one. So I just thought that was wonderful. So if you uh, you know, want to bring your passion to the world and right now you're dealing one-on-one with people and that's awesome but you really want to up your game for the sole purpose of being able to reach more people – Um, I think the natural progression is to say, great, let's go have this internet marketing business and go get in front of more people like I see in my office, but perhaps there's another way. Perhaps there are major influencers who see your clients or your customers and uh, see a lot of them and can actually do more with that information. So I just thought that that was really brilliant and definitely worth taking home. I hope that you have really enjoyed today and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Bye, bye,
1: bye,